good morning. Good morning. Good morning. So yeah, my name's Nate Dorka. That's Dork with an A. <laughs> Middle school was rough, uh, but I appreciate the opportunity to be here. Thanks for um, just the, a chance to, to share with you guys for a bit. Uh, and, and I appreciate uh, this group. You know, I, I just love the opportunity for for men to to walk together. Uh, to you know, share burdens and encourage each other. Uh, it's something that I'm really passionate about. So thanks for letting me be part of it uh, this morning. So uh, just a little background on me, uh, and then uh, some some kingdom stuff that that I'm excited about. So uh, after I was uh, 20 years old in uh, in Hawaii, trying to figure out life, running through my bank account because. Why not go to Hawaii as you're trying to figure out life, right? I uh, I came back to Jersey to finish up my degree uh, in business at Ramapo, and I still didn't have a whole lot of direction at that point. Uh, you know, I, I decided to go for my business degree because you can pretty much apply that to anything. So um, I'm in my my senior year, and I remember sitting there. And my professor is sharing with the class, you know, some of you are going to go into finance, some of you are going to go into marketing, some of you are going to go into accounting. And I'm sitting there like, oh, shoot, I don't want to do any of that. And I've just spent all this money, all this time and, you know, great career paths, but, you know, it just wasn't for me. And, uh, and then she started talking about the nonprofit sector. And it was just like a light bulb went off, you know, and I was just... Um, you know, I had this thought of, you know, for the next, you know, number of years, if that's what I spend my time for, if I'm able to leave a net positive on this world uh, in that sector, you know, I think that would be worth uh, spending that time. And um, during that time, the Lord was working on me mightily. He uh, was trying to get through my thick skull, the fact that he loved me and that he had a plan for me. And part of that story is uh, I was at this funeral for this really incredible lady who just loved Jesus. And I bump into an old friend who uh, I used to play music with. And he's like, hey, you know, you, you, you still playing? I'm like, yeah, you know, every now and again, when I get a chance to, you know, love to play. It's like, listen, I got this, this youth group thing I'm leading. And, you know, we need a lead guitarist in it. Would you consider coming out? And I was like, yeah, you know, new, new music, new people, uh, new songs. Uh, you know, I wasn't a Christian, <laughs> but I was like, sure, why not? Um, and it was great. You know, the, the kids really seemed to enjoy the fact that we were there, you know, leading that. And um, but what was really great for me was uh, the time when we were practicing together. So I'm around these other men that just loved Jesus, you know, people that uh, as we're getting together, you know, I'm waiting to just like, you know, plug the guitar in and they're just sitting and talking about life. What are we doing? You know, and, 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 and as we're practicing, I'm starting to listen to the words that the, that, that the lyricist is, 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 has written and, and the, um, you know, the harmonies on the, the truths that I'm singing, and it wasn't before long that I started following Jesus, uh, really through that, you know, that music. And uh, so, so, so I graduate college, and I remember reading this blog post from John Acuff. You guys know John Acuff; he's like a Christian writer and uh, writes motivational books or whatever. 
but before that, he had this blog that he wrote. It was a parody of the blog Stuff White People Like, and it was called Stuff Christians Like. And so he was a, a pastor's kid and a youth pastor and all that. And he would just kind of poke fun at Christian culture and the some of the quirkiness about it, right? Like, you know, how you can tell what kind of worship experience you're about to have at a church based on the skinny jeans that the worship pastor is wearing, or, you know, the uh, the magical phenomenon of when we bow our heads, close our eyes, the pastor's there, we say amen, and now the band's there, and, you know, s silly things like this. But he had one post about how nobody wants to fully give their life to Christ, like not fully, because the second that you fully give your life to Christ, you're going to Africa. And that's what happened. I, I give my life to Christ. And before I know it, like, I'm in the middle of Africa with Jesse Cruz and touch the world. I've been a Christian for like 10 minutes. And here I am, like all of my comforts are gone. And I'm just deconstructing my life and, you know, figuring out what matters. And, and so I, you know, just really formative time of, of, of just taking a look at, at life. And I'm so grateful for, for that time. Get back. And I start going to this uh, local church called Emergence. And I, and I was really drawn to that church because of their methodology in ministry. Uh, you know, I grew up in a church where the, the formula kind of was, you know, go out, get your friend, get your neighbor, get your relative, bring them back to the Christmas cantata. Hopefully the pastor does his thing. They follow Jesus and go out and do it again. And, and it wasn't that explicit, but you know, it, you know, that's what it felt like. It felt like it was something that was, uh, you know, just not genuine or something that was, was forced. And what I appreciated about emergence was this, this thing that they were fixated on as uh, called missional living, you know, this, this idea that each one of us is a missionary and, you know, suddenly everything that I was learning about in Uganda was coming into focus here in Jersey, you know, all this like missional thing. And now we're doing that here in Jersey. And, and the more time that I'm spending there, the more that, you know, I'm understanding my role in the kingdom and I'm understanding that I'm a citizen and that I've got a job and that, uh, there's, there's this work to do. And, and not only that, but, but I'm, I'm valued and I'm, I'm part of this, this larger collective and, and all of this starts to come to light. And I'm, I'm finally for the first time understanding what the church is. And so one of the elders there, this guy, Mike grabbed a hold of me and he said, uh, Hey, I'm going to, you know, be going to a couple different places. would love to, to bring you with me. And so Mike is a, church planning coach. And so he, he, you know, with all these different Jesus communities all over the world, he's just working uh, with, with them as they're getting going. A lot of it is like, you know, 20 people and the lead pastor is also a plumber, you know, a lot of that, but also a lot of, you know, larger churches that are well-established. And so he brought me to here, there, and everywhere and got to see just what the church looked like in all these different contexts. And one of the things that was really formative for me was to see in each one of these communities that they had this value of being um, not only a member of, 
but a blessing to the local community that they were in. Again, you know, this just idea of the church being the church. So between going to Uganda and hanging out with, with Mike Globetrotting, it was a really formative year for me. So come back from all that. And, you know, I've got this budding passion for nonprofits and this budding passion for Jesus. And where that collided for me, the only logical next step was to work in a church. And so when it came time for emergence to plant independently from the chapel, they offered the youth pastor position to me, uh, and I jumped at it. You know, it was a, a brand new church, a, a chance to, to be on the initial staff of a church, get it going, and, and to just get it, get it going. And uh, it, was, it was an amazing, amazing opportunity, um, because when, when you're the pioneer or the entrepreneur of something, when you're first starting something, you get to put your own flair on it, right? And then, especially in ministry, a lot of times the um, the ministry will start to take on some characteristics of the leader of that ministry, right? So uh, right out of the gate, we started talking to these kids about this whole missional living thing. You know, they're they're in high school, middle school, and so we started doing things collectively. Like we built a great relationship with this women's shelter in Clifton. This lady Liliana, just awesome, awesome lady. Story for another time. And we would go down there and, you know, help out with the kids or paint the walls or whatever it was. And then we'd come back and we would, you know, debrief it, say, you know, okay, we just experienced that, you know, why did we do it? And, and what is, how does that look like Jesus's kingdom? And, and, and now go and do likewise in your community. And that was kind of like the, the bread and butter of, of that ministry. And, uh, you know, it was really unique. We would actually take months off of youth group at a time and just do that. And uh, I still get students from time to time that reach out and say, hey, that was some of the most formative uh, time that I've had. And so uh, re really cool ministry. I, I really appreciate my time as a, as a youth pastor. So after about six years of youth pastoring, an opportunity came up to pastor um, a campus of emergence up in Ringwood. And so I was on the wrong side of 30. And I didn't understand the language that these kids were speaking anymore. And I'm starting to look like John Ostike and, you know, all that. And so had, uh, I, I jumped at the opportunity and said, Hey, let me, um, let me see what this whole thing looks like of leading a campus, um, that is, is just starting. And, uh, it was great, but the only way that my wife and I really know how to do something like that is just to dive all the way in. So we, you know, put our house up for sale and tried moving into Ringwood uh, and just real estate being what it is in Jersey, that every single door was just closing, 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 closing. And it became pretty clear that that wasn't going to be an option. So um, we ended up not selling our house for a while and uh, and then just figured out how to do the ministry, uh, not living in in the town. And so uh, I, I found the place in town that had the best, you know, burger and beer, and and that became my office. And then I found, uh, you know, the the local people that were doing uh, just Jesus things. And then it wasn't too long before the the town was doing things in our building, and we were being part of townwide initiatives. And you know, some of the that line was being blurred, 
and it was just beautiful. You know, we, we, we loved it. It was um, just a, a great experience. Um, and, and again, in that uh, ministry, we talked just a ton about just this idea of living missionally, um, you know, just whether it's individually in your context, at work, at home, whatever it is, uh, but also collectively as the church, what does that look like? So that's all going really well. Uh, March 2020 comes around and we're in attorney review uh, for a house that Fixer Upper is a gross understatement for, needed a new roof, new siding, 100% uh, new plumbing, electrical, drywall, windows. Uh, basically, the plan was to build a new house. And, um, and, and so I'm on the, and, and while that's happening, things, things at Ringwood are going really well. You know, there's all these, uh, the campus is healthy. We're doing initiatives out in the community. People are being baptized and all that. And then COVID hits. So I need to figure out how to pastor from Pompton Plains, all these folks that are, you know, a few towns away. But I'm also on the phone with my attorney, like, hey, are we going to close on this house? You, you know, like people aren't allowed to meet in person. It's like, yeah, you know, we're gonna do it over Zoom. I'm like, great, what the heck Zoom? And like, just trying to figure out like this crazy time. And so we figure out the the whole Zoom thing. And and so then I'm, I'm I'm doing church staff meetings while I'm framing walls and counseling people with my earbuds while I'm wiring up outlets. And basically for, you know, 300 days, I've got this dual life of pastoring ministry and this crash course on how to rebuild a house that was built in 1904. And, uh, you know, you know, looking back on that now, it's cool because that was like on the job training for servant's heart, which, you know, I, there was a lot that I learned during that time that really set me up uh, to be part of the team. So coming out of COVID, um, you know, whenever that was, emergence made the call to shut down uh, two of its four campuses. And uh, to, to the credit of the leadership, they made a commitment to keeping everybody on staff, which we all appreciated. Um, but uh, what was unexpected was um, this reshuffling of people in different positions. So uh, I was informed that uh, as we're reopening everything, I was no longer going to be the campus pastor of, of that campus, um, but that the Bergen County campus pastor was going to move in to that role. And, and there's a whole lot more to that story. Uh, but what, what the point is, is that I was just crushed. You know, like I said, we, we don't know how to uh, not do something wholeheartedly. You know, we, we tried moving our entire life up there. You know, this is the place where our, our, you know, our family was this is the place where our kids had friends and where, you know, our, our community was, it was so much more than, you know, just a project to start something or, or just a job, you know, it was our, it was our community, you know, part of my wife's identity as campus pastor, as wife, you know, she just, she loved and then, and one fell swoop was just gone and it was crushing. And that sent us both into a pretty bad tailspin, you know, no, no kind of crazy, um, you know, things that, that happened, but just kind of just, just emotional wrecks. 
but it was in that same meeting that I had when I was informed that I was not going to be the campus pastor anymore that I was offered a role as the pastor of community engagement and the leadership of the church from you know just it was very clear to them that, that, that my passion was outside the walls of the church you know from globe trotting to you know doing the stuff with the youth to you know in ringwood when we were out in the community doing things um you know that's really where my comfort zone is that's where my passion lies you know I, you know we had you know i was always the lunatic on staff that was like take a look at this community center or this you know this this other thing over there. We, let's go let's do it and uh you know i was always the one that was passionate to see the church mobilized into the local communities that's that's probably my my greatest passion in life and uh, and so i'm even though i'm i'm in this spot where i'm still crushed about the ringwood thing i accept that role and it was incredible i was i was in my lane i loved it and uh spent a long time uh spending uh just spending hours with uh local ministries with their executive directors and hearing their initiatives and and uh and just figuring out how emergence can truly partner with these organizations because a, a lot of times uh you know it's just a matter of uh of funding you know is, is what a partnership might look like but you know i I really wanted to see our people and those organizations, people, you know, be, be one. And, uh, and so it was in that time where I'm in my element as this crazy guy who wants to see the church mobilize, that I meet this other crazy guy that wants to see the mo church mobilize at servant's heart. I remember John invited me to come down to the great fall center one night to see the workmanship uh program in action and uh I, I tell tell my wife kate i'm like hey you know keep the tea hot i'll be back in an hour you know just want to go you know see this thing three and a half hours later i come home like, where'd you go i'm like babe you gotta see this place it's it's one of the clearest views of jesus's kingdom that i've ever seen you had people that because Jesus served them first, they were serving people that were coming to the class. Some of them that knew Jesus already and some that didn't know Jesus yet. And you had, you know, this incredible vision for not only Servant's Heart, but um, but uh, Great Falls Center and this workmanship program. And I just had to be part of it so after a couple of conversations with johnny and the leadership of emergence um i jumped on about a year and a half ago into a development position at servants heart and it's been great i get to connect with people from all different walks all different worldviews all different values i get to share Jesus stories with businesses and foundations about like how we're 85% funded of a nearly $7 million capital campaign for this Jesus community center in the heart of Patterson. I get to drive students home that uh, share with me that their girlfriend just OD'd on fentanyl. And I get to minister to this, this guy as he's going through our program. I get to 
mobilize volunteers from different churches. Again, my passion just to see this church mobilized. And uh, a lot of those folks are, are coming from churches and, and not from churches. And you get to see these beautiful conversations happen while we're swinging hammers together. And it's just amazing. You know, I get to give that same tour to people that John gave me at the Great Falls Center uh, and get to see their eyes widened, you know, just as, as mine were. You know, I've got the blessing of being part of this Jesus community. And my job is to invite people into that community and to care for the people that are there. Now, and so if you haven't had a chance to come down to the Great Falls Center, let's let's change that. It'll be worth your time. One thing that I'm really excited about is this initiative called the 12 Mile Bridge. So uh, our family is at uh, the chapel now, it used to be called Jacksonville Chapel in Lincoln Park. And Pastor Dave over there said, uh, you know, just felt like the Lord was pressing on him that he's supposed to be in Patterson. He didn't know exactly what that looked like. He, he lives in Pompton Plains as well. And he's like, okay. So he just went and just started spending time there. And so the leadership of, of the chapel understands that that's not the community of, of the chapel, but it, it's, it's their neighbors. And as they're called to, to love their neighbors, they wanted to figure out, okay, what is a healthy way to do that? Because there's no shortage of uh, organizations, churches that have come down into Patterson for a short stint and have actually done more damage as they've tried to do good um, just because the longevity wasn't there or they didn't understand the culture or whatever it might have been. And so what the plan was and what the plan is, is to invest into organizations that are on the ground already, that are doing great work, that are doing this kingdom work and just further bolster those organizations so that they can continue to have the impact that they are having for the kingdom. And it's been incredible. One of the coolest parts about that for me personally is that every single one of those organizations that is a 12 mile bridge partner is either a former or current client of Servant's Heart. So uh, I'm sure most of you guys know, but we're out in the community swinging hammers five days a week, providing construction labor for local Jesus-centered nonprofits and churches and all that. And to just see the local church take this formal initiative to say, yeah, we're going to come alongside and, and bolster that has just been so much fun. There's something just incredibly special that's happening in Patterson. If you hadn't had a time to come down to see what's happening down there, it's it's just incredible. You, you have people from like the, the birth of a family program at, at Lighthouse uh, Pregnancy Resource Center being referred to our program when it's like, we weren't planning on having a kid and now we're having a kid and now you got to work. And so they're coming through our program or people that come through our program and we can refer them to different counseling services um, that we've helped out, um, you know, through our construction things, or, you know, people from, you know, this church coming out and supporting this church as they're trying to, you know, fix their building, or, you know, you just have this, all these individuals and businesses and nonprofits and foundations, banks, and all this coming together in this beautiful web that I can only describe as a glimpse of Jesus's kingdom. 
and it's just something really special. And I find it amazing how in just, just, just how the Lord tunes your heart to certain things in certain seasons, right? Like I had, <laughs> I had no plans ever to be a youth pastor. Um, and, and, you know, certainly didn't have plans to be a, a pastor of a church up in the middle of nowhere in the hills and, and, you know, in Patterson of, of all places. I mean, for, for, for my generation, you know, and people in Morris County, that's just where you went to get heroin. And to the more time that I spend with Jesus, the more I realize just how in love he is with those places and how he's already at work in those places. And we have an opportunity to come alongside him and be part of that work. And man, what, what, what just an honor. And, and as I, I take a step back and I look at all these places that are, are very different from each other, I realize what I fell in love with was not only Jesus, but also because of who Jesus is, the different aspects of his kingdom that were revealed to me. And part of that is just having the time to just take a step back and just look at it and say, what is Jesus up to? And Lord, you have me here. What does it look like for me to live missionally? And I've just been floored by not only his love, but the way that he has worked in these different places and just what an honor it is to be a citizen of that kingdom. What, it, what, what an honor it is to be, you know, while we deserve the curb, he brings us into the kingdom. He brings us to his dinner table in such an intimate way. And I'm just so I'm just so grateful for those experiences. Like like Matt was saying, you know, there's, it, my my story is one of like it just feels like scattered kind of all over. But the the constant since I started looking at Jesus is just His goodness and just His, his grace and the work that He's doing in all these different places. And it looks different in different places. And that's because our God is an intimate God who knows the the different. Uh, needs and wants, desires of the different uh, people and people groups and communities that are out there. So that's a bit of my story. Thanks for letting me share. Yeah. So just a couple questions for around the table. Um, I didn't print these out, sorry, but if you, you want to write them down or designate somebody to text it down, whatever. Again, for me, um, my, my story just has me constantly looking at Jesus' kingdom. You know, as, as Jesus is here, he's, he's going around, he's talking about the thing that's coming out of his mouth the most is he's talking about the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom. And so first question is, when you think about Jesus' kingdom, what comes to mind? Just when you think about Jesus' kingdom, what comes to mind? And then second question, what's something that's unique about your mission field? We're all in a different spot, different families, different jobs, 
What's something unique about your mission field? And then one question that we had a small group once that met together for three, four years, every Saturday. And all we did was ask one question. And it was, how's your walk with Jesus going? So with the guys at your table, those are the three questions. Uh, what do you think about Jesus' kingdom? When it, what comes to mind? Uh, what's something unique about your mission field? And how's your walk with Jesus going? Thanks, guys.